You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto, and I'm, of course, accompanied by my brother from another mother and DJ partner, The Wasteland. Who's also becoming a local chud, I've decided. Local chud? (laughs) Have you ever seen that movie Chud? The cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers? Yes. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Well, while it is smoking hot as hell in the middle of summer, this episode, we're here to discuss a genre of music that has a heavy influence, not just on goth and post-punk music, but on punk and related electronic genres. We're going to talk about dub music. And today we have a guest, Dave Rout, musician from the synth pop group Techniques Berlin, as well as a member of Rational Youth, as well as a local DJ here in Toronto with an extensive collection of ska and reggae. Welcome to It's Midnight Somewhere, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Honored to be here. So because of your knowledge of ska and reggae and some of the sets that you've been doing more recently with dub and a lot of Jamaican reggae, we thought you'd be the perfect guest to have to have this discussion. And I wanted to start out with a definition. So what is dub? What is dub? Well, I guess the most common definition would be related to studio or films, right? With the, sorry, sound effects or dialogue. But I guess in our context, it means dubbing or copying or making a double of a record, like one recording to another. And that's what they did back in those days when they made acetates. So in in our context, that's what it means. It's like literally a dub, a double. Which uh, which lends itself a lot into the remix culture that a lot of DJs have, uh, uh, you know, gotten into with uh, with music. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, and that's that's how it ended up in New York. Yeah. With, you know, like Cool Herc bringing the hip hop stuff and it all came from dub, right? Because they had right. toasting back then, which is I'm getting ahead of myself. And, and for the ignorant, explain what toasting is. Oh, toasting is just like a precursor to rap. When they had the instrumental dub plates, the the uh, toaster or the person would just talk over the beats or chant over the beats like a precursor to rapping. And that's what they did at the on the sound systems when they had the instrumental versions of the songs. Okay, another definition we need to to uh, to clarify for our listeners: What's a sound system? Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm going to be going into a glossary. I'm sorry about that. Just, <laughs> no, but this is great. Sorry. This is this is educational. You can download and... the dictionary for this episode, Ed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I guess so we all have our layman terms for things. Sorry about that. Yeah, okay, so sound system is like um, like a block party during. To make a long story short, during like after the Second World War, when the Jamaicans were coming over for the farm work and the seasonal farm work, they would see a lot of block parties and stuff happening. And within within the black American crowds that they would work with, and they when they took it back to Jamaica, it was sort of an alternate to the the hoitsy-toitsy jazz, like, you know, white tourist kind of vibe that was really expensive and posh. So they had their own block parties and they were sound systems. And they were basically a DJ, a sound system operated with a lot of speakers. And they would just have these big block parties and they were called sound systems. And they ended up having sound clashes where they'd go against each other and see who like have the best sound. Sound clash. AKA what we also know as a DJ battle. 100%. And same with like hip hop battles. Same thing. Yep. Okay. So, and this is great. Getting getting this sort of glossary gives us the full picture of, of what this is that we're talking about and gives us a better understanding of how this influences so much the music that we love today. Oh, absolutely. So as far as the, uh, the origins go, dub was created in Jamaica in the late 60s, early 1970s. And you were talking about the uh, dub tapes when they were making acetates. So let's get into that origin. Oh, so the dub plates. Yes, yes. Okay, so do you want to go into what the sort of the most credible story of how dub started and move into dub plates? Or do you want to just me to start with the dub plates? Oh, let's get into the, uh, to the what we believe is the story. Yeah. Okay. So the, 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 I guess, arguably the, the most common like story that's the most accepted is that in Treasure Isle, it was a record label back in the sixties and a guy would go to, came to Treasure Isle to cut a one-off dub plate. Right. And a dub plate is, is basically like a one-off version of like, like you said, an acetate, a one-off version of a song. And it would usually have a B side, which is instrumental and they would call it a version. Right. So legend has it, this guy came in, does his 
dub plate, but the engineer accidentally left the vocals off by mistake. So once again, it's one of these legends that happened because of an act like a happy accident. But he takes the record back home. He plays it on his sound system. The local DJ toasts over this rhythm. It was a huge success. That you know ends up the crowd sings like the lyrics back, and the guy's freaking out. He's like, "Oh, gotta, gotta know what's going on here." And then that's when King Tubby, who was one of the you know big originators of dub, gets involved in the story, and then he takes that to the next level. So it almost sounds like it's a too good to be true happy accident. <laughs> but um, that's the leading story and how it was. You know, it was done by an accident, by a mistake, by some engineer forgetting to leave the vocals on the record. Hmm. And that's how dub plates happened. Now, I'm leaving a lot out, obviously, but that's just like the easy, you know, that's the most popular story from what I understand from my reading of it over the years. Mm -hmm. So that's the quick and dirty version. That's the quick and dirty version. Yeah. And then and that's how you get all the, the instrumental B-sides and that leads right up to, you know, dubs into the 80s and, and even up until now. Like we even have new wave dubs, post-punk dubs, right? Dubs all came from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, Bella Lugosi's Dead, of course, is the Bauhaus interpretation of what dub is. That's exactly what David, you must have read that. That's exactly what I, I read. Did. David J said it's their interpretation of dub. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And, and you can you can hear that that direct influence on what is considered like the first goth song 40 plus years ago. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, then you you add She's and Parties to that and Fear of Dub to that. And they even have a song called Harry, which is like almost like a ska song. Right. So they were they were really into dub and ska and reggae. Right. Harry, I've heard is their ode to uh, Debbie Harry. Yeah, and it's it sort of has that, you know, it's ska, but it has that, you can go back to the New York Debbie Harry, right? Back with when she was doing Rapture, right? Mm -hmm. So it all links mm -hmm. into that New York kind of, you know, battle stuff. Yeah, it's all linked into that, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, how did dub and reggae happen? Like, how did that all work out alongside punk in the UK? Well, what happened was there was a lot of Jamaican and like um, expat, like people moving to the UK, right? And the end of the UK, it ended up being, oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The end up UK being a hub for dub. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote that down as one thing I was going to say just for fun. But anyways, a hub for dub because a lot of the a lot of people from Jamaica moved there. And then Dennis Bavel was a, a big producer back then, like Mad Professor, those guys, Adrian Sherwood. They were all influenced by that, right? So a lot of the people they moved to the UK, and that became a huge scene in the '80s. Like you know, with all the Sherwood, the On You Sound stuff. You know, Dennis Bavel doing the Linton Queasy Johnson, working with Pop Group. You know, these mm -hmm. guys, these legend, and then even even Lee Scratch Perry was working with people too, right? So I mean, they were. And they even worked, did some stuff with The Clash, I think. So it's like they all, it was just like a big hybrid of like a, you know, Petri dish in a good way of all this stuff mixing together, right? Right, right. Well, because that and uh, Bob Marley lived in, in England for uh, quite a bit. So I'm sure uh, there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of elbows rubbing, shoulders rubbing with various musicians. Uh, because even in the early days of clubs like the Batcave, which it, 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 I have to laugh because the Batcave is seen as such a pinnacle, uh, such a, a, a touchstone of the Gothic subculture. And yet it was only around for four years. Oh, really? Yes. It seems like it had a lot more influence in four years. It, it had a mega influence in four years. And yet, not only did they play a lot of the music that we have come to know as quote unquote Batcave music, like Specimen and Alien Sex Fiend, but they also had other nights there where they were playing reggae and dub alongside a lot of this other new music that was emerging. Oh, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> but that makes sense because, I mean, I mean, Johnny Lydon, he was heavily into dub. You know, like you said, the guys in Bauhaus heavily into dub. So that makes a lot of sense. And you look at like the Clash, Bauhaus, you know, the Flying Lizards, all the pop group, they're all in you know, England. They're all into dub. It all made, like you said, rubbing elbows makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like they would yeah. have a night like that that would just coalesce with all the other stuff and it would just work. Yeah, absolutely. If we were doing sort of a dub 101 uh, for folks who are just trying to wrap their head around what dub is, because uh, once once you start to hear it, then you get to pick it up in songs that you already know, things that might already be in your collection. If we're talking about dub 101, what is a, a staple song that uh, people should start with? Oh, God, I would go with staple artists as opposed to staple songs because okay. there's, just, there's just too many. I mean, I would start with, with I would start with like King Tubby, right? Like one of the originators. And I would move to Lee Scratch Perry with those two guys alone. And with their, there's a, there's a lot of records that they don't even know who really did back then because of copyright. There's like literally dozens and dozens. So if you start with those two guys, you're going to be there for like weeks. <laughs> so I can't really suggest a song because there's so many of them, but I would pick an artist 
and just go through that person's you know catalog. But King Tubby and Lee Scratch Perry and Errol Thompson, those are the three I would pick okay. for tradition for traditional like Jamaican dub. That's the three I would pick. Okay, and that would give you like a year, guys, of just like going through stuff. Sure, sure. So. What would you say is like some of the hallmarks or def, you know, of the dub sound for people who may have heard it but not not know that it was a whole genre? Okay, yeah. Well, traditional or, or classic dub is definitely defined by the sound, and that's mainly reverb, echo, delay, sometimes a filter that would bring you know bring the the bass up and down, and then it's just basically drums and bass. So not drum and bass, but just the drums and the bass track. Lots of reverb, echo, and delay, and just filtering, and and very little vocals, if at all. Now that mo- that moves in and out of different you know different styles as it moves along through the seventies and eighties, but that was how it was back at the beginning. So how does it like because it's been around for so long? Uh, what is a good way to then I guess explain the evolution of it of the sound? Well, the sound yeah, the sound moves from that into the seventies, right? I mean, in in, in the late the early seventies in seventy three was when this is another arguably thing. It's either seventy two or seventy three, depending on how you talk to when dub really started whether it's, you know, Lee Scratch Perry with his Upsetters Blackboard Jungle, which is considered like the landmark dub album, depending on who you talk to, or it's Keith Hudson's Pick a Dub one because it had dub in the title, right? So, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. It's 72, 73, 74 is when it really gets going. And as it moves into the 80s, you've got what you've got, like what's called the Roots Reggae era in Jamaica. And that went from like 19, late 60s into the early to mid 80s. So it was a long stretch where, you know, the, the reggae and dub became more di- became digital, right? It became more electronic. And then that's when it got influenced into the 80s new wave and post-punk where you get dub versions of songs, right? Like even Depeche Mode had dub versions of songs, which is just instrumental, right? With the vocals coming in, you know, here and there. So that's mm-hmm. so it's basically the same style of music, just, you know, the genre just changes. It's still dub, but it's just like new wave dub or post-punk dub or trip-hop dub or, you know, or, or electronic dub or dub techno, whatever you want to call it. It's still dub. Right. Because the, the elements. Genre just, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop you, Laura. Sorry about that. No, I, 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 I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I was going to say, yeah, the the elements uh, that are present there with the heavy reverb and 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 that particular styling is what makes it dub. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and you see that in in almost like all the genres that are influenced by it have have that same building block for it, right? Or the same building blocks, and they just apply their you know their thing to it, right? Like if you look at any group, like even you know the, the Killing Joke, you know, has amazing dub versions of their songs. You know the Clash as well, right? As you know, Bauhaus, the Slits, the Members, the Flying Lizards, all these pop group, all these bands have amazing dubs that aren't just artificial dubs. They're like actual dubs of their songs, right? Like it's not some guy coming in and putting a house beat behind it. It's real, you know, real producers doing dub versions of them. Right. Right. Because there's a difference between if you go online, you look for like, you know, Susie and the Banshee, like the Happy House dub. That's just like, it's not even a dub. It's just some guy putting like a, you know, like a house beat behind it. <laughs> right. And it's, that, that's not a dub. Right. But I mean, the real dubs are the ones, you know, that have the real producers doing it. Right. So right. Dub, dub gets a bit sort of like, you know, kind of wishy-washy when you hear people, when you hear people doing dub mixes and stuff, but it's just like, you know, like a, a four on the floor beat. Right. And the vocals come in like every 32 bars or something. Right. I mean, that's right. Not, yeah. Anyways, I don't, sorry, I get picky. I'm a bit particular on this topic. Sorry. No, no, no it's, 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 I love fine. it too it's, much to be too particular. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, all I heard was basically every, uh, what's it? Black track artists had a dub version and mo- probably most of those aren't things you like. <laughs> There are a few that I do like, actually. I'm, I'm not a huge Wax Tracks fan, but I do. There are, there are quite a few. There's a few even ministry dubs that are pretty cool. It's just you have to have the right, like if Adrian Sherwood's involved in something, then nine times out of ten, it's going to be an awesome dub. Mm-hmm. And he was involved in a lot of stuff, right? Like a lot of harder edge stuff. Right. But you make a really good point because there's a lot of remixes or versions of songs that are called dub that aren't truly dub. And that's what people may have a, a an incorrect idea of what dub is, that it's simply like a housey or dance version of something. Well, absolutely. It, it's sort of in the same line as when you talk to people about ska and they think it's like no doubt. And they, or, you know, or, or even if they think it's a specials, but they don't realize even that was taken from Jamaican ska in the 60s, right? Right. Right. The, the word is the same, but it's not the same underneath kind of thing, if that makes any sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because I love, you know, I love the first wave ska and I love the second wave ska. I'm not too, you know, I don't like the third wave. But if you talk to younger kids, oh, ska, and they're like, oh, no, don't. I'm like, oh, no, not no doubt. You know, I'm like, <laughs> no, but I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying, I mean, you, you get into the intricacies of the word and how particular it can be, right, for the genre. Right. And you have to be, a bit, I've learned to have to be just loosey-goosey with it all, right? <laughs> 
No, that's a, again, that's a great point. I mean, there are differences. Words mean things. And there are differences in in what this actually is. It's kind of like explaining what goth music is. And, and people think, oh, you mean like My Chemical Romance? It's like, no, 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 no. That's that's its own thing. That's different. <laughs> It's, it, up, it also ends up being your version of it, right? Touche. Like your your version of something that's different than mine, and it's like it's the only. I think the only thing that's universal is reggae. I don't think you can have anybody argue what reggae is and isn't. I, when I was looking at my notes for this, it was like, oh wait, reggae is universal. It's reggae to everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't like dub is whatever it is. Scott, all the other stuff, rock steady, but reggae is just reggae to everybody. So I was looking at my notes, going, yeah, that's right. Reggae is universal. You can't have you have different kinds of reggae, but to everybody, it's pretty much the same. Right. That that so, and everyone will recognize when you say reggae, the first thing that will come to people's mind is Bob Marley. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's because dub's like a subgenre of reggae, right? So I mean, but reggae is the main bastion of it all. So you're exactly right, Laura. It'd be Bob Marley. Bingo, exactly. But yeah. you say yeah. reggae, nine ninety nine people out of hundred are gonna go Bob Marley. Exactly. You might get a Peter Tosh or something, but yeah, it'll be Bob Marley for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, the the main uh, sub or the main cultural reference for reggae is is going to be Bob Marley with uh, with reggae. Um, and now I just lost what I was going to say. Sorry. No, no, no. Stop apologizing. This is this is a great conversation to have because I think what also prompted having a discussion about dub really came from our producer, Justin, because he was like, anybody who ever wants to say that goth is only for white people need to really understand where the music comes from. And dub oh, yeah. comes was, from Jamaica. It was a huge amount. I, I'm not using appropriation in a bad way because they were just everyone appropriates from everybody, right? Right. And that's what it was. It was all. It was in it, but it wasn't appropriated to steal. It was appropriated out of a love of and you know, appreciation of the music. That's how I believe it, anyways. I mean, I, I see just from listening to you, you can hear the passion. You can feel the passion in the music. It was not about appropriating it to steal it. It was appropriating it to this is like a this is a wonderful new thing, and we're just influenced by it so heavily. Right, right. And that's there the is way I look, that's the way I see it. I think that's fair, and I think there's a huge difference between appreciation and appropriation. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because that, and then with dub, there's also because I think people get confused because then there's also dubstep. Yeah, which is which is a form of. I mean, drum and bass can be considered fast dub, right? I mean, dubstep has dub in it, right? So I mean, it gets a bit. That's just all the newer dub, I think, right? I mean, that's dub is just move. It's always moving and weaving, right? So dubstep's considered like a subgenre of dub, right? So well, at least I think it is. I'm not a big fan of it, but I see the path, right? Sure. Right. And like dub techno, I'm not a big fan of a lot of that, but I see the path and it makes sense to me, right? Where where it's going. Right, right. No, and it's just funny because anything that I hear that's dubstep sounds so dated because it it had its time and now it's <laughs> just it it just inc- sounds incredibly dated. It's like drum yeah. and bass or jungle. It's sort of it's it has its time, its era, right? Yeah. Whereas dub and I'm and dub is is still moving. I mean, there's still like the, you know the basic channel stuff, the Maurizio stuff, the electronic dub. It's still moving and going. There's even one that was put out last week by the guy from Legovel and a Japanese producer called Noda, and it's this amazing. I, I bought it off Bandcamp last week, and it's like this amazing Japanese like Netherlands dub combination, and it's like one of the best things I've ever heard. And you know me, I tend to fall back on the retro stuff, so. I'm really trying to buy new stuff. And I was looking at new dub and this came out like a few weeks ago and it's one of the most amazing records I've ever heard. So, and it's dub. So like, it's still happening, which is, which is amazing. That is amazing. It's, it's great that music can continue to evolve and that there's still something to be said. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And you can still, you can still take your influences from it, but still change it and weave it and make it into something new, but while still appreciating and and holding on to that original feeling of it. Yeah. Most genres of music go through this kind of evolution, though. I mean... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, post-punk that comes out today does not sound like Joy Division. (laughs) No, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it, that's some to some people that's good to some people it's bad but I, I think it's good I think it's good that the new the new sound is changing yeah and people are just getting influenced off each other and it's it's just constantly evolving daily right into somebody adds a new th- something to something and now it's another you know version of it which is I think is fantastic it keeps it interesting and it keeps it fresh 
Oh yeah, hundred yeah, it does because you you can go back and listen to all the old stuff, or you can listen to you know to both. And then the, a lot of the new stuff is picking up a lot of those influences, but not copying it, which right. I think is the most important part. You just have to add your own stuff to it. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us for this episode. Oh, it was my pleasure. I had a great time. What have you got going on that we can plug? Um, well, I've got a. I'm I'm back on Twitch for a one-off for the first time in probably six months. I'm gonna. I'm actually doing a dub session surprisingly enough (laughs) and that's um friday july 29th at seven it's called in the name of dub and it's at twitch.tv slash data freak that's just going to be an hour and a half of just me doing live on the fly dub stems and stuff and see where it goes nice and then i'm doing uh, my friend Susanna meza she's doing a week-long art exhibit at 978 queen and on thursday the 5th at seven i'll be doing a live dub set at her gallery too so it seems to be dub all dub week this week we're on a theme. We're yeah. just rolling with it. Yeah. So those are two things I have in the pipe right now. Awesome. Thank you. No, thank you. For the next segment of this episode, we've worked out a mixtape. While it's a good example of dub, we don't find it necessary to play Bela Lugosi's Dead. We've heard it plenty. We just wanted to throw together a playlist of examples to keep you curious and interested and to possibly to continue to explore this genre. Take note of the influences in the music we know and love alongside dub pioneers. Let's kick off with Joy Division's auto-suggestion.
Take only one, only one, only one, only one. 
last track that you heard was She Is Beyond Good and Evil by The Pop Group. Our playlist started with Auto Suggestion by Joy Division, followed by Under the Thunder, Ignore the Dub by Alien Sex Fiend, Black Panta by The Upsetters, Now We Luster by Tones on Tail, Turn to Red by Killing Joke, I Love a Man in a Uniform, the dub version by Gang of Four, African Roots by King Tubby, and then Super Dub featuring Mark Stewart by Nun Gun. And I think that about wraps it up. So, uh, of course, we'd like to, as always, extend our thank yous to Mr. Justin Minister for making us sound not like idiots. And to Robin Bright for our lovely theme music. To Marion Green for the lovely, lovely artwork and logos. Uh, of course, you could always hit us up on email if you want to reach out and tell us what we're doing well, what, what you like, what you dislike, or if you even have something you think we should check out. You can hit us up at It's Midnight Somewhere Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. We also have our Twitch channel. One of us will be there every Friday night, and the last Friday of every month will be the two of us, with the exception of this month, due to Mistress McCutcheon having other commitments and not being able to, uh, you know, be in five places at once. Until next time, my friends. It's This podcast was almost called Technology is Annoying.